Hello and welcome to episode number 218 of the Super Horror Bros podcast. I'm your host Matt and joining me as always is my brother Mike. Hello. How's it going? Pretty good, pretty good. Good, good. I am excited this week because we were it's back in the treat. cinema. Um, always a treat. Yes, we we have to savour it every single moment. Um, literally not even joking now, like every time I go to the cinema I, I do genuinely savour it because you just don't know what's around the corner in this crazy, crazy I said, world. I said to you as we were leaving, just like, take it in, mm. take it in, bro. Like, yeah, you just, you never know when the last time is the last time. Yeah, and we've been going there like our whole lives, and it would be so weird for that place just to, just to close. But it's mm. it's one of those things that is actually a reality now. Um, I was going to give it a hug, but you're not allowed to touch anything. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, we saw Saint Maud, um, brand new mm-hmm. British horror movie, which is pretty cool, um, which we will get to shortly. Um but first, a little bit of news. Um, kicking things off with one of my favourites, um, which is one PG Psycho Goreman. Um, <laughs> <laughs> is it PG because it's PG rated? No, it's definitely not, mate. Um, <laughs> so this was screening apparently as part of Beyond Fest. I think is where it finally got its actual um, pre- like worldwide premiere because it was supposed to be at a festival, you know, at the start of the COVID stuff. Mm. Um, it's pretty cool. I can see they released like a new poster for it as well, and it's called the Fuck COVID edition of Beyond Fest, which I think is pretty cool. Right. Um, which yeah, ran sort of last week. Um, and off the back of that, they did announce the actual release date of this one outside of the festival circuit. Oh, um, and sadly, it's not this year, um, uh. but we will be seeing it pretty soon. So January twenty second, um, twenty twenty one. Will we are... be seeing it? <laughs> Who knows? Um, so they are saying that it's a release date in theatres and on video on-demand platforms. Um, of course, we already discussed the well, yeah, that um, Shudder picked this one up as well. Um, so it's one of their classic deals where like they'll mm. get it eventually at some point, okay. Um, okay. which is cool. Um, That's so maybe for, for yeah. us. Yeah, I was going to say, like, at some point, hopefully we'll see this. Um, but yeah, like, I, I, part of me was obviously disappointed with that release date. Like, this movie mm. has been done since God knows how long. And I yeah. really thought they just wanted to get that I, premiere and then stick it out on demand this I year. I love of, like, all of these obscure festival movies. Mm. Um, Christ, I was trying to think of that um, water slide movie that, that was a like, You love bringing that. <laughs> well, because I'm like, I feel like, I feel like there's a different world where you could have, like, got on the hype train for that. But, like, Psycho Gorman is the one, and, and I, I can't wait to see it and see that journey realised. Like, yeah. I, re- I, I, I really want it to be awesome just, just to have that win of this yeah. obscure movie that you just picked out of obscurity. Um, yeah, it was just a funny title and a great little trailer back in the day, and, and it really is just one of those think, ones that I'm rooting for now. Um, just, just to bolt onto that, because I'm sure it's not part of the news, but I, I did see a little film that's been added to Shudder UK, at least, that All I right. think is worth a mention. Mm-hmm. Um, the one and only Life Changer oh, is really? now on Shudder UK. No shit. Is that true? Mm. That's crazy. Mm. What are the chances? Like, yeah. I feel like we should have so, been informed of this because these are all of I our, know. I know. the perfect Venn gro- like, diagram for this release. <laughs> like, I know. Life Changer on Shudder UK. Come on. I know. I know. Justin, what were you thinking? Why don't you <laughs> just, you know, let us know. Um, yeah. That's amazing. But, but yeah, yeah, I, I saw that dropped, and so that's a nice little treat, and and another another little feather in the cap of um, Shudder, another reason to subscribe. I know what I'll be watching over Halloween now. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But yeah, moving on. Um, this one's just kind of like an announcement of a movie, so obviously very long way away, but it sounded pretty <laughs> cool. Um, kind of a new Bloomhouse movie. Hellraiser um, 22. <laughs> no, this is original IP, mate. Um, mm-hmm. So Deadline reported that Alison Williams, um, of course, star of Get Out, and we last saw her in The Perfection, um, has signed on to both star and executive produce um, a Bloomhouse horror movie called Megan, um, with a free in it. Um, is Megan? is she megan did you say <laughs> no he's missing oh yeah <laughs> oh man what a film um but uh yeah so we did have a, a synopsis there which i thought sounded pretty cool um in the film williams plays Gemma, a brilliant roboticist at a toy company she uses artificial intelligence to develop megan a lifelike doll programmed to be a kid's greatest companion and a parent's greatest ally after unexpectedly gaining custody of her orphaned niece, Gemma enlists the help of the Megan prototype, a decision that has unimaginable consequences. Um, nice. I mean, I feel like this movie should have been called Tiff, and they should have got <laughs> Jennifer Tilly involved, but, but yeah. I'll, I will allow it still. It really does sound very close to, obviously, the, the new um, Child's Play in a lot of ways. Mm. Um, I think the other two cool parts of this is that the... Um, so Gerard Johnston, who directed Housebound, is on board to direct this. Now, mm. I don't know um, if they've done anything since Housebound, but I really liked Housebound. Um, no, I don't know. I liked Housebound. Yeah, yeah which is at least four, five, six, seven years ago now. Um, so I'll have to look up if they've been busy. Um, and then James Wan wrote the story for this one. Um, okay, well, you're saying good things. You're saying good things. Probably the lead that got buried there. I've just kind of yeah, read this <laughs> I've read this in the order of how Deadline posted it, but um, I knew there's a reason why I put this on here. Um, and a case. I love, I love that you just went with it. You're like, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna keep rambling. <laughs> I'm gonna get to why I'm excited for it at some point. <laughs> I, listen, I thought the rest of it sounded great, but um, um, so uh, Akila Cooper, who wrote the script for Malignant, wrote the script for this as well. So mm. clearly, this is a a partnership with James Wan. Um, and yeah, his company is producing the movie as well. So yeah, like this well, is probably years away. I mean, who knows mm-hmm. at this point, but it sounds really cool. And like, I want to see Alison in more horror for sure. Cause she was so awesome in the two movies we've seen her. Um, and yeah, who doesn't want some crazy little toy killer running around? Like that sounds great to me. So, I mean, I know um, I want it. <laughs> like if we're not going to get a sequel to the child's play remake, then this is probably the next best thing. Um, yeah. But speaking of sequels, um, Mm -hmm. this is a pretty interesting one. We got a little Twitter update from one Stephen Lang, who um, said the following. I'm wrapped. A splendidly rugged shoot. Thank you, Belgrade. All health and safety protocols observed to the letter. Well done all. Hashtag don't breathe and at don't breathe movie. And then he posted a little um, image of some T-shirts and him wearing a face mask that says don't breathe (laughs) too on all of them. Um, so yeah kind of obviously... perfect you know that they, <laughs> they leaned into the whole face mask thing for it <laughs> yeah um so we obviously knew that this was coming um i, I honestly the... didn't believe it no i didn't lie. either like I, yeah. I don't even remember how long ago it was in the news but it was rumored to be called don't breathe again um and it was so this one is directed by uh rodo sayoges i believe it is who was the co-writer of don't breathe okay. um and so is a you know a long-term partner of fede so it's staying in-house which is cool mm-hmm. um but yeah i mean i think we've already discussed it a few times like what do you have any sort of level of interest i get not so much level of interest but like i don't really know what i'm hype. trying to say hype. <laughs> yeah I, yeah i have almost no hype for it i think mm. um you know if a trailer drops uh, or when a trailer drops um you know i will watch that trailer and then i then i'll see where my hype is at because i mm. think um don't breathe is one of you know because i'm i'm pretty much all for 
sequels in horror because i grew up in that world you know mm. i watched a million freddies and jasons until i was sick and tired of it and i wanted more saw movies you know and i wanted these things most of the time and and i'm still the same person that will moan when they're being made when they shouldn't but there there are a few movies that i think kind of you know really just do not need sequels i think don't breathe was one of them i think mm. kind of it follows Cabin in the Woods, you know, a few of these movies like that that came out that I just kind of felt like were perfection in their own little, um, you know, um, bubble and didn't didn't need to to have kind of sequels and, and, and drawn out. And um, <clears throat> yeah, like this is one for me that was just such a unique scenario, you know, it had a great great cast had a great original idea and i just don't really know how you how you rehash that but um you know a quiet place was also a movie that i felt the same about and then i saw the trailer and i was on board so you know we will see <laughs> yeah. you remember I, quiet place right bro that I, movie yeah. we saw back in april i completely agree with what you said um <clears throat> up until that last point where <laughs> i i do i think that yeah there are so many movies that just don't need sequels and don't breathe is absolutely one of them and i think a quiet place is absolutely one of them and of course a quiet we, place was for sure like i i hope that these movies are good of course i would say as well with bly manor it was the exact same situation like didn't need it in the slightest but it's cool that they did it and i hope it's good um when we obviously get around to talking about it soon um but like yeah as far as do we need it and do we want it no hell no like don't breathe was perfect and so yeah like i hope this is great i'm happy to see steven play this amazing character again um but my god it's gonna be so like it's so much harder to kind of win you over in a sequel when the first movie was just so perfect because you've raised the bar to such an unbelievable level that i just even if it's we saw it perfectly with happy death day i think was like the best example of this for the yeah. podcast of like what a absolute perfect horror movie that then got a sequel that is perfectly okay but it's nowhere near the level of the original movie. And so by comparison, it's bad, but it's not a bad movie. Like no. Happy Death Day to You is perfectly okay and is quite decent at times. Um, it's just nowhere near the level of the first movie. Um, so it's yeah, one of them it's... that I keep seeing on my Now TV, though, and I'm like, mm. Mm. It's fun. Yeah, I, I'm fun. like, do, do I want to watch this? I'm like... I think without the expectation as well behind it, I'm sure you would have a lot like, Yeah, I do want to watch it again, for sure, but it just doesn't, you um, know. But yeah, we shall see with this one. Um, next up, the movie that, again, this is it's so funny. I feel like we have about a dozen movies that just stay in rotation in the news because that's what this <laughs> year is. And one of those movies is Peninsula um, that we kind of, again, feel like we're getting pretty soon. Um, but basically, this was another update that it is coming to uh, on demand. So this is like, I think this was announced in the US this week, um, mm -hmm. that it's coming to on demand at the end of November. Also, no, sorry, Blu-ray end of November, digital uh, October 27th, so just around the corner, like a fortnight mm -hmm. for, as of recording. Um, and yeah, like we were supposed to be getting um, cinema release in the UK about a week after that. And then I think, what did, what did we say a few weeks ago, like DVD and Blu-ray a couple of weeks after that? Um, mm. Yeah, so, towards the end of November, I think it was. Yeah, so it's cool. Like, it's very murky right now, especially mm. for us, as to when we're exactly going to get our hands on this. Um, but it's cool that it is just around the corner. I think we can kind of wait until November, and if we get a cinema release, great. And if we don't, we know that at least the digital release will be there as well. Um, and, yeah, I just really want to see this movie at this point. Um, yeah, get prepared for the end of November. That's all I would say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is the best way of looking at it. Um, and then finally, um, this one's not massively horror, but it's just a really cool film announcement that has a great cast. 
Um, so the Mad Max Fury Road movie that obviously came out, God, I don't even know when it came out now, a few years back, um, mm. which is an absolute batshit movie. If people have not seen it, I absolutely love it, especially if you're someone who loves practical effects um, and kind of crazy stunts. Like, that's why I love Hardcore Henry. Like, Fury Road just ticks those boxes. Um, obviously not a horror movie, but it's still, like, very genre um yeah so like they have finally greenlit the next movie in this universe um george miller who's the director has been trying to make this since (laughs) fury road and Mm. obviously it has a huge fan base it didn't set the world on fire by any means in terms of box office but has such a huge cult following um and warner bros who just seem like they need anything basically at this point um (laughs) have um greenlit this so basically it's called furiosa um who was the name of the character that charlie's theron played in fury road but this is a standalone movie that is a prequel um and furiosa will be played by anya taylor joy um so she will be the lead in this movie um this movie is also starring um yaya abdul mateen the second of course um who is just in everything right now and i have no problems with that um and also chris hemsworth is going to be in this movie um so there's your car as we as we said you know last week any hemsworth is a good hemsworth exactly they're Um, always welcome yeah um always welcome on this podcast um and so yeah like that's an awesome awesome lineup i think it's it's worth noting as well as far as anya like we've seen her in so much already um Mm -hmm. and she's always awesome but yeah so she just finished filming um edgar wright's last night in soho um and she is currently filming robert eggers the northman um yeah i I really respect how (laughs) um prolific she is like i i don't know how old she is but like she has been in so much already Mm. yeah and and so much of it's been genre stuff she's dabbled in other stuff like romantic comedies and that but it's so much of it is genre stuff which is awesome to see. yeah she's she's 24 years old and we've already seen her uh how many times for the podcast mm. yeah you know at least four yeah. or five like yeah, at least five <laughs> yeah and, and then know. like like I say, we're we're 100 like two of my personally mo- most anticipated movies she's in mm. um with with last night in soho and the northman and yeah like this is going to be a huge deal like it is a little bit weird talking a little bit about mad max for a second because i'm i'm surprised that they recast her i get that if they want to you know have the character a lot younger they can't they have to recast but mm. um it is a weird choice i guess but we, we shall see like I'm, yeah. I'm excited for this either way and yeah i'm excited for all of her upcoming projects um amen but yeah that is pretty much it for the news this week shall we talk about this week's film let's do it let's talk about saint maud Yeah, this film's a really interesting one because I don't know if we've heavily kind of featured it in any of our upcoming stuff. Um, I don't think so. It, it's been in the peripheral, and I think so. I first heard about this when it was at Fright Fest um, in Glasgow at the start of this year. Um, mm-hmm. That kind of happened right as the COVID stuff was happening. I think when I think Glasgow Fright Fest was either February or March. Might have been yeah, February. it was yeah late um, Feb, I think. And it was yeah, it was right around that time. And mm-hmm. um, this was yeah a standout movie at that festival. And that's always a good thing, but obviously it can go many different ways. Like we've seen standouts at these festivals that are great, and we've seen ones that are utterly terrible as well. So it's right. kind of one of those ones that you like. Oh, okay, that's cool that it's getting that buzz, but we shall see. Um, mm-hmm. And 
yeah, this one, of course, like every other film, kind of got its release dates absolutely decimated. Um, yeah. After it was shown on the festival circuit, it was picked up by Studio Canal in the UK and mm -hmm. A24 in the US, which is, of course, an amazing partner to have if you're yeah. an independent horror movie. Um, and both really you know i i see yeah. that i see that splash card in front of a ton of horror movies both mm. of those so so yeah like you know yeah because studio canal is peninsula upcoming as well so the, the, mm. you know, the, that, that is a good sign that we got to see this in the cinema and it makes me you know mm. hopeful that we'll get to see peninsula as long as cinemas <laughs> are open our cinema's <laughs> not gonna be open bro <laughs> But um, yeah, this was supposed to come out in April, um, and yeah, mm. of course, got delayed. It then got rescheduled in the states to July. That was mm. then also pulled, and then mm. and now uh, since been moved only in the UK um, to the 9th of October. Um, so this is not out stateside just yet. A A24 are just kind of sitting on this one until they can obviously get a proper release out. Mm. Um, but yeah, other than that, I think it's worth noting that this is a full kind of British production. Um, mm. It was kind of partly financed by Film Four and the BFI. Um, which are two very kind of British companies, if people aren't aware of who they are. Um, yeah. And yeah, it's a, it's a first time writer and director as well, which is pretty interesting. So we've not seen anything. Um, Rose Glass is the name of the director, which is a fantastic name. Um, hmm. If that's her real name, that's, that's just a great name. That is um, a great name. But uh, yeah, so we've obviously not seen any of her work prior to this movie. Um, hmm. But yeah, what what is this movie about? So this movie... Um... Yeah, I um, did my favorite, and that is not knew any, not knowing anything about the movie, and <laughs> and for me, kind of going into the cinema and seeing the little um, splash cards and seeing that it was a British movie before the before we even got an image on the screen mm. was was pretty exciting, and then yeah. kind of um, it's surprisingly rare. Yeah, exactly. Especially let alone, for cinema stuff. Yeah, I was gonna say, let alone on the big screen. So so yeah, so kind of. Um, as you already said, kind of Saint Maud um, focuses on our lead character Maud, who is a, um, a nurse who does um, home care for kind of terminally ill patients, and um, she a living nurse for these terminally ill patients. Yeah. And we we join Maud at the beginning of um, her um, taking over from a previous nurse of a terminally ill patient called Amanda. Mm -hmm. um who um uh what what do we know what she's got or what yeah i think they oh god i think it was lymphoma of the yeah spine, I, that, I that would make yeah that makes perfect sense because basically yeah. it's uh yeah she's got this illness that's causing her to slowly be less and less able to kind of move around and mm. um and her amanda was a uh very famous uh dancer and mm -hmm. um stage kind of performer uh before this and kind of um she's now where is this it's some so island, when, isn't it no is it's not, i don't think they, wales i don't think they ever say where it actually is um i thought we saw like a sign was it um oh. i know where the movie was shot because I, I this was one of the things before obviously before we get into it that i looked up because i really like mm fascinated with the location shooting and yeah this movie was shot in london and scarborough so obviously oh, okay. like must have been obviously on sets in london but then clearly the the outside stuff was shot in scarborough which makes yeah. a lot of sense having never seen the movie but i i thought it was purposefully not saying a place was the kind of I, I got i could have sworn that we saw um i mean it might say a, a place name but it could just be a made-up name or it could just be a generic name yeah 
Like, they're, they're, I think their purpose might have been, just be like might have been Brighton, but anyway, because obviously it's like a seasidey town because we've got exactly. the arcades, and I could have sworn we saw oh Coney Island. No, so Coney Island's in is in New York. No, I realise <laughs> it's the name of the arcade. No, but we we do have one here, do we not? As well, I know it's in New York. Oh, I'm not too sure. Twins. I know. The yeah. Name anyway, let's not go into the Coney specifics. Island, yeah. yeah, but I think it. I think we do have a twinned place here. But anyway, I think it might be Brighton. But either way, um, yeah, it's it's kind of this seaside kind of resort. Yeah, we see a lot of kind of very British arcades, which is quite hilarious for us to see, um, just mm. because we kind of grew up around that. And um, and yeah, we 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 join Maud anyway, kind of. Um, yeah, caring, caring for Amanda, and we kind of find out that um, Maud is um, kind of a new. Um, she she's found kind of her faith very very recently, and she's kind of um, uh, devote. I mean, is she Catholic? I guess. Yeah, it was. Um, um, I saw it a second ago. Is it Roman Catholic? Right. Yeah, Ro- yeah. yeah Roman Catholic. Yeah. yeah. Um, and she's kind of. Um, yeah, she she's basically dealing with her inner demons um, and kind of found kind of religion through that to deal with those demons. And um, in doing so now, she's, she's trying to kind of care for this patient, Amanda, and, and kind of help her with her demons as well as this movie goes on and kind mm. of get her, you know, because, um, uh, you know, it seems like this illness will get the better of her. And it, it's a case of kind of, you know, Maud helping her through that and helping her accept that and kind of... Um, I find myself as I'm describing this movie, not really describing a horror movie, but that is kind of the, the plot of this movie. Um, hmm. She she starts to become, I guess, kind of um, obsessed with trying to save Amanda and trying to make her see um, in her eyes the light and the correct way. And I guess kind of that obsession is what leads into kind of the the the, the deeper part of this movie that, that we won't really touch upon right now. But but. Um, but yeah, I guess that's a pretty simple, succinct kind of synopsis there. Yeah, like that's where a lot of the extremities early on will start to come from. Is kind of Maud, yeah, um, her faith her... and and her kind of pursuement of that faith and 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 kind of yeah, being obsessed with trying to save Amanda. And very much going like beyond what her job description is, you know, like yeah. she's supposed to be her personal carer, but she's not to be supposed to be like her personal savior of her soul. And especially mm. because early on, she kind of sees Amanda is on this dark path. She's kind of chain smoking, chain drinking, partying a lot. And and it, and it really seems like she is just disconnected with there's clearly no fight anymore. It's just mm. like, well, I'm I'm going to die soon um so i may as well just give up basically and Maud is like thinks that it's been her almost role is to like save this person um mm. because early on she's like you say she's new to the religion and she's almost um doesn't she, she's really happy kind of in terms of what she's getting from the religion it's given her a purpose but she doesn't know what that purpose is yet um and so she thinks that's kind of what her purpose is basically is to save this woman um but uh, yeah, yeah. Should, we, should we just go into it really like yeah um, there, there's a lot going me. on in this movie like it's a short movie um mm-hmm. and it's uh, it can be a slow burn like i always find that term so weird like that's one of the first things i kind of want to talk about with this movie because it can be portrayed as a slow burn but i feel like almost every movie that isn't some bombastic loud movie could then be betrayed that you know what i'm trying to say like i know what you mean i think i think the thing is i think this movie is a slow burn Mm. and i think the term slow burn used to be a very negative term but i think at this point you know i think there's enough 
movies that have been fantastic but are a slow burn that um we are beyond that now and i think it is you know it is it is a way to describe this movie you know this movie if you're if you want something that's gonna hit you in the face early on this movie's not gonna do that this movie is a slow burn yeah it's just it's a weird one because i i see this movie as basically a character study it's a mm. it's a character study of maud and who she is and so mm. well, who is she we've just described it she's a care and nurse um who's who's a recent convert so that is her life so it's kind of it's not going to be filled with blood and guts and and crazy horror from the get-go because you really mm. have to set up who she is and go on that journey with her so um yeah i could see it for sure being a slow burn but i think i don't know I, because i was just so interested in seeing her character progress it never felt that way to me um but yeah like this there's, there's a lot to get into here really but um i, I think this movie does so many things so well that I think has really been lacking this year. And I think the main one is what I just spoke about is, is characters. Um, this movie nails characters so, so strongly. I think Maud as a three-dimensional character who goes on a journey for 80 minutes in front of her eyes is one of the most interesting I've seen all year, really. Um, this movie is like like I said, a character study, but it's basically a lonely character. Um, mm. I think a, a movie that it really reminded me of was Taxi Driver. Um, yeah. and, and I think in recent memory as well, and it only just came to me, was was Joker. I was going to um, say Joker, yeah. Whereas, you know, Joker is way more of a hyper version of it, and obviously is way more... Well, it's, a comic, um, it's a comic book version of it, you know? Exactly, <laughs> and it's a way more, like, I guess, big budget version, shall mm. we say. Whereas this mm. is an, an indie, indie movie's take on that. Um, but I was fascinated by it. I'm always fascinated by that, these people who are kind of like drifters and... I think that so much in this movie goes towards that. It's it's the performance, first and foremost, of, of our lead actress um, who plays Maud. It plays mm. it brilliantly. I think kind of the, the setting, as we've already discussed, to me captured perfectly this kind of nowhere UK, um, yeah. which is vaguely kind of reminiscent of where of our part of the country, um, these kind mm -hmm. of seaside towns that have this yeah, feeling the, like these time kind of, just forgot them. Yeah, these dead seaside towns that, that are kind of the same thing every six months when the summer and out of mm. summer they are literally dead and the six months they're active, they are the same thing every year. Yeah. Um, you know, and it so, is something that you just don't see often in horror movies. No, exactly. And we've, we've seen that, so we understand that. And I love mm. seeing that as a backdrop to a horror movie because I was like, yeah, there's almost no life in this town. You know, mm. it, it perfectly emulates what Amanda's going through as a character and Maud in so many ways, even though she's young and got her life ahead of her. Mm -hmm. She doesn't really know what the hell to do with her life. And so she's kind of resorted to a lot of different things, the main one being this new convert to um, to Catholic. Um, but there's plenty of other things as well, which we'll get to in her backstory. But yeah, I just think so many elements tie this movie together so well where... It's hard for me to think about how I felt early on watching this movie because all I can remember now is how I feel having seen the whole thing. And mm. having seen the whole thing, I absolutely loved it. I think it, it just it all tied together so well. And I think by the end of the movie, every scene felt worthwhile. I kind of understood everything that they were going for. Um, and it just ticked so many boxes for me. It, it was genuinely um incredible to look at i think we'll, we'll get into the directing but i'm blown away that this is like a debut it's mm. it's actually unbelievable that a movie could be this well directed to be a debut um but just the character study that was like my biggest takeaway was that the, the journey that maud goes through um really stayed with me and i can't wait to watch this movie again now knowing the ending and i almost feel like it's going to be even more heartbreaking knowing like exactly where this movie goes 
um because you kind of you're sitting there watching it going like where's this gonna go like as you've described there's there's not a whole lot of horror there so you think to yourself right is it going to be amanda who's going to be like the horrible person or is it mm -hmm. or is something going to happen to maud and yeah or is that, there going to be an extra element coming yeah, to play and just that kind of yeah. fascination with not <clears throat> knowing where the story was going to go and all i all i had to attach myself to as a viewer was maud and mm. so seeing that journey that she went on i just absolutely loved um but there's there's loads of specifics i want to talk about but yeah i want to get your take what did you think of this yeah, I mean, so going into this thing knowing nothing, um, I think it was probably good because mm. um, this movie um, on paper is a lot of things I don't want. Mm. Um, it's, you know, it's not my wheelhouse. It's not my sort of thing. But going into it, not having those preconceptions and just going into it blind. Um, yeah, I, I was on the same lines as you that kind of this um, this movie just had me fascinated by namely the two lead characters you know obviously you've spoken about Maud and she is exceptional but but Amanda as well was just mm. the the fantastic counterpart you know she played that role um to perfection and just seeing their juxtaposition between the two and where they're both at was um fascinating and and kind of just just knowing that this is gonna go sour and kind of seeing that kind of obsession build within Maud and also their relationship develop it just became like um you know this you know quite often in horror movies um I was talking to a to a non-horror movie fan recently about jump scares and kind of how um you know it's it it does get annoying and, and it does you know it, it, unless something plays on the convention it's just kind of you're just waiting for that moment and this mm. is kind of the you know a similar sort of thing where you're waiting for that moment to see when it's all going to kick off but it's in such a fascinating way that that it and, and the the tension builds up in a way that i was never bored um i was never like on the edge of my seat um tense but i was just invested and and i think that's something that um a hell of a lot of movies that i may have more of a adrenaline rush for and all of this sort of thing just they don't have me invested in the way this movie did because I was mm. just kind of fascinated to see it. It almost reminded me of a TV show where you just get, you just get really invested in these characters and go on a journey with them. And it kind mm. of, um, you know, going out of this, it feels like, again, like going into like the length of the movie, this is a reasonably short movie. It, it, it felt longer, but in a good yeah, way. You know, it felt like I had got a lot from this. Um, hundred and uh, what was it? One hundred and twenty minutes? No, not even yeah. that. Uh, sorry, one hundred and twenty an hour. Yeah, an hour and minutes. 20, yeah, like it was like eight um, minutes. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, I knew there was twenty there somewhere. I just couldn't get it out of my brain. Um, but yeah, and I think this, um, you know, this movie um, didn't waste its time. You know, it had it had a short runtime, but it filled it. And I think kind of, um, you know, getting that sense, like you say, of kind of uh, small town England and this small kind of coastal town England was something that was just a really nice backdrop to this really kind of um, lonely tale. You know, Maud herself is very lonely and struggling to find her faith her way in life and kind of where she wants to go and amanda is the same like mm. she had her direction and vision and where she wanted to be and like they speak about it in the beginning of the movie that amanda doesn't more didn't know who who she was going into the the job 
um, it was only when she was living there that she would see these kind of relics of Amanda's past. And Amanda kind of was in hiding, basically, from her real life and her her real maybe friends, her, her previous acquaintances in her in her you know life, and kind of um, would have these blowouts where she would kind of um, see them and, like you say, have these parties and that. But then the rest of the time, she was very lonely and just very mm. much struggling for kind of purpose and direction. And I think kind of the location for for um, you know for for a British movie is is perfect. You know what that what they kind of have these seaside towns that are just super super lonely and like we've seen it a tiny bit in some recent horror movies we saw it in kind of serial killer's guide to life at the beginning we saw a very little part of ghost stories that that Mm. had it in and it's like it's um it's something that i really want and and like when when we get to see it especially in something that's well made it's fantastic i think kind of it's like a well. little version of the Deep South in America, isn't it? Yeah, exactly, exactly. And it's something that just hits home for us. And I think, I think as well, like not not to go into any sort of spoiler, but this movie we've spoken about um, a lot of movies that have a clear vision for an ending, mm. and uh, the movie gets ruined because of the clear vision for the ending and driving to that point. Mm. This movie definitely has a clear image where this mo- where it needs to end, but it but it escalates and builds up to perfection to that point. Like when we got to that final scene in the movie, I felt, you know, it it truly earned it. And it also didn't uh, waste my time getting there. And it didn't just get there for the sake of getting there. It felt like everything was earned and that payoff was more real because of it. Mm. Um, And so I, you know, I, I I did, you know, and, and like you said, it is one of those things where I just got it. You know, it wasn't that it was trying to, um, you know, do so many clever things that you're not actually making a decent movie that, you know, this movie did, you know, it, it put its message in there and it made it very clear. I think kind of, um, you know, if I'm going to, if I'm going to get overly critical, I think there, there, there's kind of, um, you know, between kind of, there, there's I just want to get the spoilers. That's why I'm stammering. <laughs> yeah, around, I, know, but, I know what you're trying but, to say. <laughs> um, there's, there's a point where kind of we, we have, we have a big, moment kind of a big kind of um conflict and mm. and then it kind of changes takes, direction of the movie yeah it changes direction and it takes a chunk of time to, to to amp back up and although i was still in it i definitely tapered away at that point and i could have done with them getting back to the crux of um you know mainly our two our two main characters because i thoroughly enjoyed them being together um but also i, I found myself throughout this movie being uh kind of just terrified by maud even Mm. though she wasn't doing anything which is Mm. such a rare thing when she's just kind of like um slowly becoming more devote to her religion and kind of um uh, i can't think of the correct term there but but she's basically punishing herself for her sins and Mm. she's um kind of doing that in more and more extreme ways throughout the movie yeah, the self harm, but uh, it's it's got a term, hasn't it? Um, well, in terms of like with religion, yes, yeah. All right, um, okay. but anyway, yeah. It. <laughs> yeah, it does, but it's not. Yeah, it's anyway. Um, yeah, yeah, and and kind of that, and kind of that escalating and seeing what she was capable of made me really like scared for Amanda at times, but also just like when she's wandering around and it's just like she feels very unhinged, and I'm just kind of wondering what she's going to do, and I think. Um, going into kind of a couple of plot parts but i think at the beginning of this movie we get a an opening scene of of maud kind of um 
in in this hospital and kind of like it's a little a little flash of what went wrong in her career before she became this um stay in nurse and when we got that little splash at the start of the movie i really thought and and i, I had it as a point to say to you uh it was one of those egregious openings that kind of ruined something later on in the movie because mm. i really thought that scene was going to be later on in the movie and it's not <laughs> yeah it's it's revisited and i think I think actually, like again, to the movie's credit, what it did was it gave you that scene because it showed you just a glimpse of what Maud has done in the past when she does become a bit unhinged. And that's why she was such a sinister character for me, because I kept in my mind just seeing these little signs of her slowly kind of going off the rails. And with that knowledge of the flashback, I really was just like, oh, no, like I because, you know, there's a character who... um visits amanda a couple of times in this movie and i was just starting getting like worried for for her sake and just seeing what the hell was going to happen there and kind of like just seeing when it was going to kind of kick off and like i say it was that tension to see when we were going to get that kick off and, and it is a slow burn like it does take time to get there but but it is that it, it you know the the whole point for me with this whole slow burn genre is is the journey fun and was the payoff worth it? And I think the answer to both those questions for this movie is yes. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it, 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 as with you, it blows my mind that this is a writer-director debut. Like, Rose Glass has just absolutely smashed it. And I think um, in terms of the writing, like like you say, these characters are just written to perfection, really. And then, and then the actresses have just absolutely destroyed it. And I think kind of... Um, you know, I, I, I couldn't fault either, the, you know, the writing or the performances. They, they were both just, just incredible. And I think all of the cast were really good. I think, you know, as we said, Maud is absolutely incredible, Amanda is. But even the, the, the secondary characters that do pop up, they all are really believable and really do serve a purpose. And, they're, they're, you know, they're just well-written characters. They feel like believable people that the... the, the the character that visits Amanda just felt like a believable human being. Kind of, we meet Maud's kind of ex coworker, and she just felt like a real human being. And it was just like, you know, quite often these characters are just nondescript, and it's just like a guy, you know, or a girl. And it's just like, no, these people were real people. Um, mm. So yeah, I just think it was very, very well written throughout. Yeah, for me, I think the the writing is one of the strongest points, and I think mm. one of the key factors for me was that we always know the exact amount of information that we should have about Maud at any given time and I think that's what's so perfect is that you're introduced to her fairly quickly just thrown in and like here she is um she's religious she's a care nurse and then kind of like as little by little over time with these kind of inner monologues that we get throughout the movie um we're just learning piece by piece about her and then we start to discover like oh okay something went wrong at her previous workplace and then like like you say she starts to overstep her her own boundaries as a care nurse and those moments mm. early on are pretty subtle and they're not anything crazy but like i felt those moments as well where i was like oh damn maud like i thought you were going to be this really sympathetic character that was maybe almost going to get bullied by like the yeah. amanda character or whatever and then as soon as she kind of oversteps her mark and starts <clears throat> doing things that she absolutely shouldn't be doing as a care i was like well you've you've messed up now like you've almost I'm almost not on your side now because you've done something professionally that you should never do. And mm. that's exactly what they wanted me to think as a viewer. And then 
as we learn more information, they then are able to garner that sympathy again for Maud. And that's what I think is so goddamn powerful about the writing of this movie is that they, they're able to constantly juggle. Like, mm. how much do we want to show of Maud? How much do we want to keep the viewer behind her? There are times where, you've, where you will feel like, oh, screw her, she's made mistakes. But then there's other times where you're just like, you feel so damn sorry for her because of the kind of situation in life that she's got herself mm. in. And I think they just kind of ramped that up brilliantly until the finale. And, um, you know, you touched upon the ending. For me, the ending was absolutely perfect. And I think it, it was my it was my favorite ending of a movie all year. Um, I absolutely loved it. And I think that was when, like, I loved the movie throughout. But it was that ending that really cemented it for me. When, when the movie, when the credits started to roll, I just sat there and I was like, they absolutely nailed that what they were going for like it the ending was impactful i felt it um it was haunting especially the final scenes that led up to that ending um and i just kind of had to sit there for a minute and be like what did i just see and and i've really not felt that way since midsummer <laughs> you know that yeah. was the last time and i think with that movie they kind of have the added benefit of it being so long that there's that level mm. of exhaustion to it because you've just sat for a two and a half hour movie whereas mm. the fact that i was able to feel that way after an 18 minute movie like for us that's child's play like we barely get into a sweat after 80 minutes um and and i, I felt exhausted i i literally yeah felt we like were watching seen... 13 movies in like four yeah. days bro honestly yeah so like that you know that is not a big feat for us and um i completely agree with you where this felt way longer than 80 minutes in the best way possible. Um, mm. It shows what you can cram into a movie that length. And this is the reason why we will always bring up film links. It will always be a thing that we brought up on this show. Because when it's done right, it puts almost every other movie to shame. A movie like this puts so many movies to shame. Even movies that I've enjoyed this year, it puts them to shame. Because mm. it shows you what you can get if you're meticulous with your writing first and foremost i think it all comes down to that and then once you get all the other um things to fall into play like we say i think the directing is one thing that is so stunning and i think so goes well with trying to make rose this lonely character kind mm. of pulling the camera in when it's needed to um at times feeling really distant from maud and really pulling the camera back especially when she's in a room filled with people i think they do such a good job of making her just feel like she's the only person in the world and that she's completely invisible to everyone um mm. And it just she, she feels like an absolute outcast in those scenes, yeah. but without it being overtly kind of just, you know, no, in your face. Subtle. Yeah, it's subtle, brilliant directing, which is exactly what you'd want. And um, I think the soundtrack's brilliant as well. Like, it starts off very quiet and very subtle in those early scenes, and it lets you focus on Maud and Amanda, which is exactly what you'd want. Um, and then later on, when it kind of needs to be more dramatic, when there isn't as much dialogue happening, because there's a very big portion of this movie where... Um, I probably shouldn't say because that's a bit of a spoiler, but basically there isn't as much dialogue as there was mm. early on. Like, is a, there's a long period of the time of the movie where there just isn't that much said on screen, and I think mm. that's purposeful. purposeful. This is this is throughout. I mean, you know, not going into spoilers, it is throughout mm. the movie because we are following Maud constantly. Mm. So she will be given a, a task like to go to the shops, mm. and we follow Maud. And it is, you know, if if I was to describe the scene, it would sound like. You know, she literally just goes to the shops and gets mm. the stuff and comes back. But it's haunting because it's almost like in one of these cheesy music videos, but it's not in a cheesy way where a character's, all the other characters are moving in fast forward and our character's yeah. just walking very slowly. It's like a Lincoln Park video. But like um, she's in black and white and everyone else is in colour. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's just like, she she is just like completely out of place and is just, just wandering through life just, just with 
everyone else around her just ignoring her and she just yeah she just feels like an alien um you know walking there on her own and i, and I thought it was was in um you know that that side of it and and that which you know should have just been a really boring scene um is not and it is something that you're just captivated by and you just see her kind of being socially awkward and being kind of outcast and just kind of you know small things that just like people pushing past her and cutting her up and just like her just being this nothing in this world really and kind of you know you you feel that for her and i think Mm. i think you know that's where strength was yeah it's been like it sounds simple like because this movie has a simple task but it shows Mm. you that you don't need to have the world's craziest concept or a bunch of mental stuff going on your horror movie if you just nail the fundamentals and i think this movie absolutely nailed character better than almost any other movie i've seen like there's Mm. a couple that spring to mind um that are and again that that shows you where i'm already thinking about this movie in terms of the movies i've seen this year is like i'm i'm pitting it against my absolute favorites of this year and being like yep those ones also did the things this movie did Mm -hmm. um which yeah like already shows you like to me this is easily one of the best horror movies of 2020 um and it's great that it's this british horror movie as well like this feels like the first time in a very long time where we can kind of get behind one of these british films um it was great with ghost stories but obviously yeah. that being this like a lot of comedic stuff in it as well it wouldn't be for everyone whereas this is that classic kind of indie darling that people will want to get behind um definitely obviously like a24 picking it up in the states i think a lot of people have already kind of compared it to hereditary and midsummer and whilst i can absolutely see that and that was yeah, even something that, that sure. like i said when we came out of it to you where i was kind of like that was the the british version of an ariaster film um mm-hmm. but it almost it, it and it's definitely more in line with hereditary as well it's worth saying than midsummer i personally think um but it's it, it really did stand alone as its own thing and i think that was what's so great about it is that yes it does it made me feel certain ways that other movies have but it was just such this own unique tale that we really just haven't seen too much of for this show. Um, you know, we've really not seen kind of a lonely character study of just this one female character, mm. um, a young character who's very <laughs> religious as well. Like it's worth noting as well with the religious stuff. Um, Cause like we've said time and time again on the show, we're not massive fans of it. We're not really remotely fans of it in terms of in films. And, um, you know, I, I've always said that I don't like those old school tropes of especially I think the conjuring universe and those movies are the, are the prime example of what, what we see it in modern day films is yeah. that it is just that crux of, Oh, they've got a crucifix. Oh, they're reading a, a, you know, a part of the Bible. They've got the Holy war, just all those classic conventions. Um, but, you know, obviously pretty much stemmed from the exorcist. And I just don't find that interesting. Um, and when we talked about devil all the time, I said about how I, I love the use of religion in that movie because it was about what people do when they're drawn to faith and the extremes mm. that they're willing to go to. And that's exactly what this movie is, only yeah. that's exactly what this movie is about. Like, th- there was elements of that in Devil All the Time, but, but that is straight up what this entire movie is basically about. Yeah. Like, when you really you know, have to say, what is this movie about? It's about what one person will go to because of faith and belief um and that's kind of what i wanted from devil all the time and there were the moments that i loved in that movie but this movie did that even better so yeah well for me this is what yeah like it elevates beyond devil all the time because it does um 
it does such a perfect job of that of kind of you know it's not it's not poking fun or doing anything like that. it's no. a real serious kind of real life thing and, it, and mm. it's and it's real horror and it's and it's and it's truly terrifying the lens people will go to and kind of you know mm-hmm. that being kind of put on this film i think is you know it, like i say it just everything feels grounded about it there is nothing that that felt um you know that took took me out of those moments i think kind of you know, we, we spoke last week about kind of, um, you know, women in horror and women in film and kind mm. of, um, you know, and we were saying, you know, you want to get behind a movie that you can champion. And, and then next week, this is that movie. <laughs> it was crazy. You know, yeah, this, that was such a weird thing. <laughs> exactly. And it's, it is incredible. And I do want to touch back on it because I think like this is a movie that I think we we should touch upon because I think kind of, you know, Looking, looking at Rose, you know, Rose Glass, kind of what she does next is massive because this to me is her hereditary, like you said, you know, mm. and, and can she go, can she, you know, go again and, and what will that be? And like, yeah, I really hope whatever she's doing next is in the genre and, um, you know, I will be, you know, straight away, you know, wanting to watch that the second it comes out. I think kind of, um, obviously, um, as well the fact that kind of you know the way that this movie captured you know kind of this british culture i think is something that we don't see often and like i say we we also we see it and we a little bit and we kind of latch onto it because we want it so much but this movie Mm. is just massively that Mm. so like if she can start making you know more movies you know like that i just um like i'm super excited to see what happens next yeah, it's worth noting as well, like with the conversation we had last week, is that this is a prime example of well of of where that works brilliantly having this mm. female director. Because even though, of course, you can write other characters that aren't your gender, you know, of course, people like Ari and millions of other people can write for other different genders. But this very much felt like hair is a woman telling a woman's story, um, mm. and I think that's why Maud's um, journey felt so genuine. Mm. Is that like it was clearly written from a perspective of someone who, who obviously hadn't lived this life, but had lived probably similar moments in their life of feeling mm. uh, distant as a young woman in this country, um, and that just to me felt so genuine. And again, just adds to this movie, and that's just one of the many elements that I think this movie. But it was so it's well. a skill that that often you don't see, and I think I think. Again, like it's, I, you know, you throw these names out there, but I, I you know, it's the highest compliment in that mm. Jordan Peele um, writes about race in a way that, that only someone that's experienced things can, can, can write about. But mm. he writes it in a way that's relatable to me as someone that, that, that has been fortunate enough not to experience it. And and sometimes you know can't always understand, and if it's if it's not explained very well, like you know it's it's difficult if you haven't been mm. in that you know you've been lucky enough not to be in that position. And he does it exquisitely, and I think I think she does the same in this. That sometimes I watch uh, these movies, and I don't feel like they're for you know, or you know, I sometimes watch movies and I feel like they're not for me, and feel like you know they're not um, you know that they're not got. Um, the the explanation and, and just just everything behind it that I can fully relate to, whereas this was just entirely relatable, and I understood that struggle and that that feeling of isolation and kind of, especially when we get to kind of again you know staying away from spoilers, but when we get to the final acts of this movie and kind of what Maud kind of turns to and kind of um you know where she goes and that there's kind of like this whole kind of night 
scene of her and kind of seeing that unfold and just feeling just really just just I just felt terrible for her and mm. kind of you know in a in a real human way that I don't often you know feel in in these movies or you know just I don't get something that's that well done that I get those feelings and mm. so so yeah like I just um you know I can't really compliment it enough for that no for sure I think one thing that I did want to touch on and then we'll probably talk some half spoilery stuff I guess I don't want a full spoiler this movie I don't know I, I think I'm, it's not I think... out worldwide yeah, yeah i'd like but to stay is, away from it really yeah, but, but we'll it's just there's one thing that i really wanted to call out for how brilliant it was and i personally because of how anti-spoilers i am would say it's a bit spoilery but um we'll okay. get to that in a sec um but one thing i did want to call out is the horror um the, yeah. the horror the use of actual horror in this movie i think is so so good and i don't you know there's a million things to talk about and it's why we've 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 gone over them already that this movie does so well but i don't want the horror crowd to um not hear how good the actual horror is in this movie because it's uh, like so effective i think there's a couple of moments in this movie yeah scared where, the shit out of me twice yeah they they lull you into this sense of, sense of security again which is what you'd want from a quote-unquote slow burn movie and you kind of oh you feel like you know exactly what's going to happen you have that sense of yeah i know where it's going but then a movie like this goes bam and i think that's what ari did obviously so well in hereditary um everyone knows the scene i'm talking about and mm. i think this movie has similar moments to that scene where it's just like oh my god like this came out of nowhere and it's scary it's horrible to look at it's haunting um and it really mm. shocks you and so i loved that and then the other thing that, again, I will always give movies credit, and again, we don't mention it because most movies don't scare us, and so we don't put a marks against movies when they don't. No. But any movie that does scare me, I'll always big it up more so. And I think that's why something like Blair Witch is always my example of, I don't think it's a great movie, but when I watched it in the cinema, it genuinely scared me. And so I will always give it credit for that. This movie scared the hell out of me, um, especially in the final moments. So of course, I won't talk specifics, but like... I was like clenching my seat. I like couldn't breathe. I was just like, oh my God, like how is this movie making me feel this way um, as an adult? Like I absolutely loved it. And it's something that we always crave on the show. And it's just so rare for me to feel like genuinely yeah. scared. And I think that's why of all the things that we've mentioned is like, I was clearly invested in the character. I clearly believed what was happening to this character. And so then when these horrific moments happen, it really just shocks me. Like, it's not a jump scare. It's a genuine shock of horror. I think it's the, I the, subtle, it. the subtlety of this movie because I will, you know, quite often with these, you know, I, I'm someone that, that normally wants, like, you know, hardcore Henry. I want, I want an adrenaline ride, and I want, you know, that that is what I primarily want. But I, I you know, I can like this movie clearly appreciate these movies, and I think um, normally though, when we do get to these, you know, the slow burn, I want the payoff to be fast paced as well. Mm. And this movie does have a crazy scene in it, but I think it's the stuff that um, is subtle. And there, there are just these moments in the movie where you see something and you're like, did I just, did I just fucking see that? Like, it's almost, you know, it's almost like, um, you know, uh, Haunting of Hill House where you see a mm. ghost in the background. You're like, did I just see that? Or, you know, Strangers when they're in the background. It's not, it's not that sort of, you know, it's not directly that, but it's kind of, exactly yeah, yeah, you have this moment and you're like, did I just see that? Or, or was that actually there? And it happened like, the first time I genuinely dismissed it that I was just overly <laughs> staring at it. And then the second time it happened, I was like, no, 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 that, that happened again. 
And like, and then it happened a third time, and that was when it really scared the shit out of me. And I think kind of um, it is the fact that you're like, I don't know whether what I'm seeing is what I'm actually seeing, or whether it's my own mind playing tricks mm. on me, which is something that I can barely remember a horror movie making me feel like that. And and I feel like you know that kind of finesse of horror is is a crazy skill set to get right. And so yeah, and, and this movie definitely does that. It's amazing you say that because that brings me perfectly to the final point that I want to mention. So th this isn't plot based whatsoever, but I do, I do want to throw up just a very mild spoiler warning if you don't want to know anything about the movie is that one of the things I wanted to earmark was its amazing use of visual effects mm -hmm. and exactly what you were then referring to of these small subtle moments early on in the movie which are clearly visual effects where you're just like, wait, did I see that? What the hell was that? And for me as a viewer... I'm watching it obviously switched on as a moviegoer where I'm like, oh, okay, there was a visual effect there and it was very subtle. And that gives me hope because that means that in this slow burn moon movie, they're clearly not just going to have a couple of early visual effects, are they? That clearly means that they've got visual effects for a reason. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, it's yeah. Like, so that says to my brain, listen, even in the slow scenes when we're just watching her wash up, trust me, there's going to be some mental shit later on because they've got good visual effects. And like hmm. that definitely was true of this movie. Um, so that was one of the things I wanted to call out of just like, yeah, the, the visual effects are incredible. And all of the moments they're used in are unfortunately spoilery. So we can't talk about them. No. So good. Like yeah. for a small indie movie, they are like incredibly well done. Um, so yeah, that's just another one of the things I want to call out. But yeah, I mean, final thoughts on this movie slash recommendations. Yeah, I mean, you got to see this, and especially if you're a fan of, um, you know, or, or like us, you know, you you seek out British horror. This is categorically one of the best British horrors we've seen for the podcast. Mm. Um, you know, it is in the elite level of British horror that we've seen, and I think kind of yeah, it's. It, you know, it it feels weird for me recommending a movie like this because this just isn't my wheelhouse. But, yeah. you know, it just shows when something is done this well, you can go out of your comfort zone. So for me, I think even if you don't like the slow burn, if you don't like the kind of movies that have got like, you know, big religious kind of um, undertones and that sort of thing, um, take those preconceptions out of the way because I think this movie is just, um, you know, it, it's beyond that. And I think it is... Yeah, something that you you know you should you should see, and it was, you know, it, it was special seeing it on the big screen as well. Obviously, we've spoken mm. about how we don't know how often, so we are trying to savor it. But seeing a movie like this that is just um, so indie was really really nice to see on a really nice big screen. And so, um, yeah, I I truly enjoyed that experience as well. Well, one of the biggest things I've learned whilst doing this podcast is that obviously watching a new horror movie every single week, you're going to see so many different subgenres and you're not always going to see movies that you think you're going to like on paper. And I think that's mm. been my biggest, you know, um, success is that so many of my favorite movies, especially in the last couple of years, would not have been movies a few years ago that I'd have even touched. Um, yeah. You know, I'm thinking like a Midsummer and like a Lighthouse. And this is exactly like that. Um and I agree with you. It's definitely one of the Brit the best British horror movies we've covered for the show by far. And I think it's absolutely one of the best horror movies of 2020. And for that reason, it's an absolute no-brainer that you should watch this movie. Um, obviously, it seems to only be out in UK cinemas right now. And yeah, as long as you're in an area where you feel safe to go, I would highly recommend you go check this one out. Um, it's great that there is a at least a horror movie out right now. And obviously, hopefully it could have legs. Like, 
obviously there's not going to be some major box office sensation anytime soon and that's just not the way to look at the cinema mm. right now but as long as it hangs around that sort of top five to ten for a few three or four weeks would be great and i hope people check this out as like even though it's not that classic scary movie that you'd watch for halloween you probably want something a bit more chilled out like a slasher or something and this is very heavy but it's just so good like just go and watch it and have a great time like i really really can't wait to rewatch this one um and yeah it's it's like i say it's pick so it awesome up, just pick it yeah up. yeah whoever like i i really want yeah like whoever does it because there's so many companies vying for it at this point i True. need a commentary just give me that commentary and preferably a nice making of but i definitely want that commentary for sure um but yeah that was very nice and enjoyable it's always nice to talk mm. about a movie that we absolutely loved um but yeah that was our discussion of saint maud we will take a short break and we will be right back So yeah, um, sort of listener feedback to finish us off this week. There isn't too much, really. Um, we just had a message from Kat, um, who was referring to last week, um, saying, uh, great episode, uh, guys. I totally agree on your wish for good horror movies for all. And if you watch the original craft, I'll watch Terminator 1. Um, I haven't seen it. I think I've seen 2, 4, and 5. <laughs> you... You just you you've got to watch Terminator One. Like, I will I will watch the craft just so that you get to experience Terminator One. Like <laughs> it, 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 you know the 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 double the double feature of craft and craft remake is now happening because I need Cat to see Terminator One. <laughs> Uh, that's what i because... said on twitter if you've sat through terminator salvation you owe mm. it to yourself to see the original because like my yeah. god like if you've seen terminator salvation or, or dark fate i just feel sorry for you <laughs> yeah especially um, if you've not seen the first two <laughs> i was gonna say i mean like at least you've seen t2 but um, <laughs> yeah. you know i mean terminator one is just out of this world and you, you yeah you, you, it's, it's a must watch i think yeah. um you know i've i've had a bad week this week um because how many times have you watched terminator i didn't watch terminator 2 Oof. so i made i made a truly truly awful decision <laughs> um i watched terminator dark fate <laughs> why what is wrong with you because you make- sick. sometimes like i have to just see bad things you, you to remind me no, it's on. It's on um, yeah, Now God. TV. Oh, yeah, it's on TV. Now TV. Thank God. And I just saw it, and I was like, "Do you know what? Like, I, I just, I just got, I just got to go through it again." Because oh. I remember like being sick to my stomach from the opening scene in that movie, and just like, um, yep. really taking forty-five minutes to get over that opening scene because I hated it so much. Um, so. I managed to watch it this time without hating that opening scene. Um, I mean, I hated it, but not like letting it ruin the movie experience. The movie itself just did that um, mm. because it's because it sucks. Um, but but yeah, it just had to be done. So don't worry. Next week I will watch Terminator Two instead and get back to to normalcy. That movie is one of those ones that I have such a vehement hate for that I just like I I completely um, I will not accept its existence as a movie. Mm. where i'm just like nope genesis was the last one and that was fine and then we just didn't make any more like i do not ever want to think about that as ever being part of any sort of canon or 
oh, they actually got Linda back and she was surprisingly good. Like, I don't want to even think about it. I'm just like, that movie is a fucking abomination. <laughs> I hate it so much. <laughs> um, so, yeah. yeah thanks thanks for time. killing my St. Maud vibe. I appreciate that. Sorry, um, I had a bad time, so I thought I'd drag you down. I mean, at least you didn't watch it. Well, I watched another movie. This, um, it's definitely not Terminator Dark Fate levels are bad, but it also wasn't very good, um, <laughs> which is um, Godzilla King of Monsters. Um, <laughs> what were we doing last week? <laughs> I don't know. This is what happens when we're like, blessed with a good movie for the it's show. It's when we see we a good movie for the show. Time. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, right, okay, I, I can watch some trash now because I'm yeah, feeling I've got good. T- yeah, I've got two hours spare that normally is wasted from the podcast. Yeah. Um, but no, yeah, like, it's unbelievable to think that it only came out last year and obviously yeah it's just not good like i i really want to love these movies like i'm massively into these monster stuff i know a lot more than you are um Mm -hmm. and i really want them to be good and like yeah i remember when we saw the godzilla from i think it was around 2014 now and it was just not good and kong skull island was slightly better and it's definitely the better out of these three because these are all part of the same monster shared bullshit universe Mm -hmm. um going into kong versus godzilla next year um and it's funny because this movie is kind of them really trying to set that up like they're constantly mentioning kong and i'm like watching the movie being like he has to show up at least some point to get people excited for the next movie and and then even in the final bit i'm like oh he's gonna be after the credits and he's just not in it like uh, and, and of course for me because they're not gonna give people that now like they want people to pay extra money to see that when it comes yeah, but they could have they could have freddie versus jason did it like you know <laughs> Yeah, we should just hear about him constantly, and they're referring to like Scott because like this whole movie is about they call them Titans, which are the monsters, and there's like a shit ton of them on Earth. It's cool because you get like Mothra and these other characters, which I've obviously heard of and seen in popular culture, but as someone who has only watched the American ones, I've not seen these characters. And seeing like Mothra and shit is awesome, but these movies just aren't good. Like the characters are dreadful, the plot's awful, and like all these amazing cast as well that's mm. the thing like this movie has millie bobby brown um vera famiga like a bunch of people that yeah. are huge fans and the same with like when godzilla had brian cranston in it and it's just they just mm. fail to deliver anything and then it's like so you're only watching it for the monster battles really and even that it's like you get a couple of cool moments but like the final fight of this movie is like at night in the middle of a storm it was it was like, um so I got through half of this movie, but I fell asleep twice, and then I gave up. Oh, really? I got to the bit where they kind of go to, like, Antarctica or whatever, where it's ice. Yeah, uh, right. And, and, uh... I can't believe you watched some of this movie. <laughs> well, because because I do actually... I, I am a big monster movie fan as well, but from mm. from bygone era. You know, like, that original Godzilla movie is, is incredible, and obviously, like... like the 1999 american Co- one correct correct yeah. like i yeah because again like we've only really seen the americanization of these but you know and like obviously cloverfield and kind of um, yeah you know and even like you know I, I jurassic park is in that wheelhouse as well yeah, kind of you know so i love all of those movies and, and i have been wanting a good one for a long time but getting burned and like um yeah and, and i did throw this one on because of the cast because i love both of those actresses and um yeah it was just god awful <laughs> yeah it's just like nonsense plot terrible characters and so then like i said you're just watching it for the monsters and then mm. i can't believe that they keep doing that thing of like it's at night and it's rainy and so they're clearly, clearly kind of trying to cover it up because yeah. i don't know the budget for these movies is insane but clearly they don't have enough money i think that's why by far the best out of these three is kong skull island and even that's not great but it's way better than these two godzilla movies because you do actually get some really cool kong visuals in that movie um 
not but patch on Pete Jackson's Kong though. It's absolutely not. Like not in that movie not in is incredible. Years. Yeah, that that is my favorite out of all these types of movies for sure. And like, yeah, I loved the '99 Godzilla because I watched it when I was a kid at the cinema and it was great. Um, I have and no a idea if that music video as well. <laughs> I have no idea if that movie's good now. I know it's obviously not perceived to be good. Um, but I want to give the the kind of call out because I know we have a lot of different listeners that are experts in many different fields. And like, if you are a huge monster movie fan of the kind of like actual Japanese kaiju, like where this comes from, like mm. to the is it Toho? I believe is the company in Japan that made these movies. Like, yeah. what are the good ones? Like, are they still good now? Is it purely nostalgia? Because if that's the case, that's fair enough. But is there something that kind of as for me, as someone who is just a very casual watch for these movies, who just likes monsters uh, in their films, like, could I just watch throw on one of those and enjoy it? Or is it very much like you have to be in the nostalgia for it? Um, because mm. if, because I know there has been a couple of the more recent Japanese ones that have interested me. Um, but I just want to see some kick-ass monsters, man. Like, that's all I wanted to see. So, yeah. And, and, and the movie's like two hours and 15 minutes. It's outrageous. It's so long. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I do not have high hopes for the uh, sequel. So, nor do I, nor uh, do that's, I. That's pretty much all I watched this week. <laughs> I was like, Please. I was kicking things off. In uh-huh. like, right, I'm definitely going to watch more horror movies going into Halloween. And then I watched this one and it just kind of soured me. But I've got some I have, on the one. I've been watch. watching a little bit of TV, bro. A little bit oh, of TV. Oh, God. You nearly, you nearly got to sign off. Well, um, we're, we're already gone a bit long, so <laughs> make it quick. Yeah, so, so I watched the finale of Walking Dead, and I watched the first episode of uh, uh, something Beyond, Dead. From Beyond, is it, or something? You tell uh, me, mate, you watched it. Is it not just called The Walking Dead World, Beyond? World Beyond, World, world beyond, beyond, or something like that, I think. World Beyond, From Beyond is a horror movie. So that's a new um, live-action spin-off show. Correct. Right. Correct. Yeah, The World Beyond. Uh, world. Yeah, so... The finale, first and foremost. Um, Is this season 10? Yeah, I I really enjoyed. It had some um, really great zombie effects in. Um, and, and kind of, you know, classic nice Romero. Zombie yeah, zombies pulling people apart and eating their guts. You know, just the real classic stuff. Um, I'm assuming Greg directed the. He did, he did. Yeah. The... Um, the the skinners the people that are wearing zombies faces are just awesome and like seeing them in it but because obviously it's been probably two seasons that they've been against each other and kind of um with this gap between the the season 10 and its finale um the the skinners kind of got decimated pretty quickly in this episode and and just kind of pretty easily and because it because i haven't had the rest of the season it just i suddenly was like oh my god like this is the kind of finale of their arc and kind of it just felt like it was over so quick because i didn't have the pre build-up of all those previous episodes fresh in my mind uh Mm. but but judging it as part of the walking dead yeah i enjoyed it and i think um and it is funny because then the clearly the next setup of the next kind of trend of where it's going was like the the stinger at the end and yeah i mean i'm still interested i'm still i'm still enjoying it like and and for some for someone that you know really did drop off it and was adamantly you know i stopped watching it for a half a season until i saw the skinners and kind of they got me back in and kind of um, I saw the promotional stuff and then decided to catch up and kind of this is the same where like, you know, uh, I mean, it's st- but it's still kind of ongoing that enjoyment, which is great. 
I think, um, yeah, going into the, the, the spin-off kind of world beyond, this was, this was very strange. So this is basically, uh, a civilization that's fully set up you know like obviously in the walking dead they they create these civilizations well this is just mm. a brand new one of those that's very well established and i think it's something like 20 years or something or maybe not quite maybe 10 years after and so it's a long time after the outbreak and it's kind of i just didn't understand the world or this village or anything else and it was kind of throwing me in at the deep end there was like this government system in place and all of these names of you know the government and and different kind of protocol and everything and i just didn't understand the world that i was thrown into and was just playing catch up a lot and then um mainly there just wasn't a lot of zombie it was the threat of you know kind of the other people and stuff which normally is what i really enjoy from walking dead but because i didn't really know anyone I wasn't I wasn't super into it and kind of the most annoying thing is is it kind of opened itself up a little bit towards the end of episode 1 so I'm I'm going to watch episode 2 and see see how it goes but but yeah right now it 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 really hasn't kind of piqued my interest um how come you watched it then because you don't watch like the other spin-offs do you I watched Fear the Walking Dead I, I watched the first season of Fear the Walking Dead Okay, or at like least some or something now. correct correct or, or at least <laughs> okay. some of because right. and it just gets to the point that like um so fear the walking dead was interesting because it was outbreak day again and i enjoy that whole normal civilization and initial outbreak of zombies and so kind of like getting that again was fun and it moved to beyond that very quickly there was like a time jump in like episode three or something and then suddenly it was like walking dead again just with characters that i weren't that invested in and I already get that with Walking Dead enough. And so, you know, this is the same, where it's just like this civilization. It's very similar, just like these high-walled, enclosed communities that have got zombies outside and people looking like, um, you know, um, badasses going out there with, with swords, cutting zombies' heads off. And it's just kind of like, I've seen that a million times in Walking Dead. If you're going to give me a spin-off, I need a fresh take. And 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 yeah, so so right now it's not really the 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 fresh things that it's done is not really tickled my interest. Um, but but yeah, I'm, I'm going to give it one more. Yeah, I feel like if they had a fresh take, they would probably use it on the main show. But yeah, it's I don't know. Like, there's not many things that I care less about than The Walking Dead, but a Walking Dead spinoff is definitely one of them. Like, I vaguely <laughs> am interested to hear what's going on in The Walking Dead, but these spinoffs, man, they just they make me laugh. Um, but yes, yeah, so, uh, so when's like The Walking Dead actually properly back? Do we know? No idea, not? because obviously right. this was the season 10 finale, so like, right. God knows. So weird, because then you you had to wait, what, like six or seven months just for one episode, and then you just don't even know when it's returning at this yeah, point. Yeah, and it doesn't, make a, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Like, there's a chance that the stinger of the, 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 the tail end of the season 10 finale does um, feed into the spin-off. Um, but... If it doesn't, I just don't understand why they had to delay. Because as far as I understand, the episode was in the can. Mm. Like, yeah, I mean, so does it air on the same channel in the states? Because I'm assuming it would just be the lead-in, right? If they would have the finale and then they'd have the spin-off straight after, just well, to try well, and get people to watch it. Well, yeah, maybe that was just it. But like, it just you know, it, it, it like I say, it, it did. It was to the detriment of this really, you know, for me, one of the best kind of the Skinners and Alpha and Beta and kind of their backwards and forwards was one of the most enjoyable things I've had in Walking Dead in a long while. Mm. And so for that to kind of 
come to a head in in a in a satisfying way but just felt super quick because it was just in this one you know 45 minute episode yeah you know six months after i'd seen the rest of it yeah i think they've always done stuff to the detriment of that show which is why it's still running personally but Mm. yeah it's interesting um but yeah that is pretty much it for this week um in the coming weeks hopefully people will be checking out another tv show because that Mm -hmm. haunting of bly manor is now available on netflix um indeed so yeah we shall be watching that and uh, covering that in the coming weeks um as well as a few other releases because of course there's a new tremors movie coming out so yeah, some, yeah. someone's gotta watch it and talk about it why shouldn't it be us right Damn right. Um, <laughs> i mean you know you're gonna make a tremors movie and you're gonna put richard break in it we're gonna watch it yeah i mean we were gonna watch it anyway but then like you put richard break in it and it's gonna get its own show god damn yeah it. you um, actually you actually got us excited for it that's that's yeah. what you did <laughs> Which is awesome. Um, but yeah, that was episode 218, where we discussed the brilliant Saint Maud. Uh, thanks for listening, as always, and we'll see you again very soon. See you later, everyone. And through my veins and travels to my head, they said, you'll die soon enough anyway, shut up, I can't, mainly because I never could, and how could I start now?